Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 75, Leverage Your College Experience with Dr. Joshua Fredenberg. Yeah, I think college is a game changer. I think where we make the mistake is we don't know how to leverage college. So I have a program dealing with maximizing your collegiate experience. And so most people just go to school because they're told to go to school and they're told to graduate and you're going to get a job. When in reality, that's not necessarily true. You can have a bachelor's degree, let alone a PhD, and still be trying to figure out where the job at. So it's really learning how to maximize your collegiate experience. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. The pursuit of a college experience can be rewarding in more ways than one. In today's episode, founder of the Circle of Change Leadership Conference, diversity consultant, and Rho Sigma chapter member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, Dr. Joshua Fredenberg, joins us to remind you to discover who you are through your college experience. Through his SHAPE process, find out how to create the blueprint and vision for your life. Then use his spiritual practice tips to tap into that still small voice within and stay aligned with the goals that will shape who you truly are. Tapping into the leader within takes recognition, practice, and spiritual integrity. Today, we have five-time author and leadership and diversity consultant, Dr. Joshua Fredenberg, Rose Sigma chapter member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Fredenberg. How's it going? Oh, man, it's going good. Great to be here today. I hope everyone's having a happy holiday season and uh, ready to have this conversation. Yes, I'm so thankful to have you. I was referred to you by Miss Tish Norman, the powerful Miss Tish Norman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to have you. And I understand you guys have come together on One Nation, a new project. Is that correct? Yes, we have a new project called One College Nation. And so it's an experimental diversity inclusion program that really tackles issues that revolve around DEI, but more so an experience-based program versus just a standard lecture. And so mm. we've launched the program and we've got great reviews. And so we're continuing to advance the program into 2022. Oh, excellent. An experience-based program. I love that. I love that. Okay. Now I was on your website and I just, wow, you have done so much. You're a TEDx talker. Is that uh-huh. correct? TEDx yep, speaker? TEDx speaker, yep. Five-time author. Yeah, yep. Well, actually seven, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at you. You are busy trying to get the word out. Now, student leadership seems to be your focus. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, one of my focuses, you know, it's what I, I would say more leadership versus just student leadership. Because I think, you know, I talk about, you know, leadership, not just the students, but the professionals and such. But yes, that's that's my primary area dealing with students. Absolutely. OK, cool. Because on this podcast, I was telling you, we service the college freshmen in transition. You know, usually they're dealing with a lot of anxiety and we we emphasize a lot of, you know, affiliating themselves with organizations such as One Nation or, you know, finding these counselors on campus to acclimate themselves, as well as that college graduate who's heading out to the workforce. And they have to develop a certain amount of leadership skill to do that, you know, to go out into that force and and be a force, you know, in the world. So now I love your mission, as I said. And when you talk about discovering the leader within so that they can make a powerful impact, that's what we're all about, paying it forward, learning about yourself, the beauty of yourself so that you can share it with others. I love that. So now what are on the minds of some of the young people that you are talking to? Are you talking to student leaders now or what have been some of the conversations you've had as of late with young people? Well, it's always great conversations. You meet a lot of students that are in different walks of life. 
Yeah. So it's more so I just like to share with students about just really discovering who you are. You know, I think during the collegiate experience, it's a, it's a journey, right? And so when you go through the collegiate journey, you're discovering who you are. So I feel like there's a lot of students, there are a lot that know what they want to do, but there are a lot that don't know what they want to do. So it's, you're really going from two ends where some students are very clear on exactly what they want to do. And then there's other ones that aren't sure what they want to do. And so really it's just, it's encouraging those that know what they want to do to number one, write the vision down. Number two, develop a strategic action plan or a set of goals and really being aware of their why in, in relation to their vision, being aware of why they're doing what they're doing. And then on the flip side, those who don't know what they want to do, I like to take them to what I call a shape concept. And the shape concept is a set of questions that help you identify your shape. So like, what is your passion? What is your values? What is your strengths? What's your personality type? And what are your experiences? And out of that, we evolve into the vision piece. So it just depends on where the student is at. And then based on that, where they're at, just really trying to help them uncover and create the blueprint that is necessary for them to succeed. Mm, so you just said a lot. You said it's called SHAPE. That's your acronym? It's a SHAPE concept. Yeah, I call it SHAPE concept. I originally got it from Rick Warren, the popular book, Purpose Driven Life. And I just put a remix to it for student leaders and for incoming students. Mm. So can we go through those letters one more time for that young freshman that's listening? SHAPE. Yeah. So S stands for what are your set of values? So your values are your thoughts, your beliefs that dictate your behavior. So maybe one of your values is love. Maybe one of your values is service. Maybe one of your values is justice. Maybe one of your values is honor, you know, or gratefulness. The A deals with the heart. So that deals with the passion. What is your passion? What excites you? What motivates you? What drives you? The A deals with your abilities. And, you know, we can go into that because there's a difference between your talent, your gift, and your strength. But ultimately is what are you really, really good at? Your P is your personality type. So some are introverts, some are extroverts. You know, we all have different types of personality that don't necessarily change. Your personality is ultimately who you are. And then you're able to build skills around that personality type. And then your E deals with your experience. It's your stories because we know that stories and experiences really have a shape of who we are. And so we're able to identify these different things. Um, I also like to include your cultural assets. So the assets that you possess based on your cultural background, because a lot of us have a lot of assets that we can bring to organizations, that we can bring to campuses. And a lot of times we don't really recognize the assets that we bring into the room. And those are really valuable as well as we begin to matriculate, not only through college, but also as a leader. And so ultimately that's what I call the shape concept when I deal with that concept. Very cool. I'm I'm glad you said the A, the abilities, because you're right. Everybody doesn't know what they're capable of doing until somebody tells them sometimes, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, I know you're good at this, or I feel that you're good at that. Then you recognize the ability. So I'm glad that you emphasize that. So you take them through almost like a journaling process to get through those? Yeah, it's a, it's a process, just asking certain questions. There's other questions you can ask as well, but those are where I like to start as far as laying a foundation. And then out of that, determining what you want to do. Because a lot of times, most people are pursuing things that are not in alignment with who they are. So you go to school and I just want to get a degree or I just want to make a lot of money or my mother said this or my father said this. And they get into these careers and they realize that's not really what they want to do. They've been living for someone else or they've been living for something that's not really in alignment with who they are. So therefore, they're frustrated. They're unhappy. And really, it's just it's just a cycle. And then when you get older in life, you really can't break that cycle because you have so many responsibilities. There's bills. Maybe you have a family. Maybe you have kids. Whereas when you're younger, you have much more flexibility. You have much more of an opportunity to navigate. Whereas once you start really having responsibilities, it gets a little tougher. 
Mm. Would you say that's a great advantage to going to college? Because there's so many people that are like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about just going to trade school or community college as opposed to a four-year university. What you're laying out, they would have more exposure to fine-tuning their abilities, don't you think? Yeah, I think yeah, I think college is a game changer. I think where we make the mistake is we don't know how to leverage college. So I have a program dealing with maximizing your collegiate experience. And so most people just go to school because they're told to go to school and they're told to graduate and you're going to get a job. When in reality, that's not necessarily true. You can have a bachelor's degree, let alone a PhD, and still be trying to figure out where the job at. So it's really learning how to maximize your collegiate experience. So when I go to school, you know, I have a a program that I say five questions that every student should consider before they begin their collegiate career. Number one is the shape concept. Number two is the vision. Number three is getting involved. And then number four is building your network. And I think that's the big one is your involvement in your network. And I think that's the valuable piece of college because, and I know, I know this may be controversial, but in reality, what's the difference between a Harvard university degree and let's just say University of South Florida degree. I mean, at the end of the day, it's both pieces of paper. You graduated. What's the difference? It's the network. Yeah. It's the opportunity. So the reason I'm going to Harvard is not because Harvard has the best professors where, you know, they, they probably do. They have top tier professors. But again, you can argue that. But really, it's the people you're around. You're around future executives. You're around a different type of thinking. You're around connections that are going to be beneficial in the future. But what happens sometimes is we go to these schools and we don't take advantage of those opportunities. You're a part of Howard University. Howard University has a strong alumni. When they hear someone from Howard University, it's not just a student. You're a part of a community of people all across the world. And when I create this database, when I create this networking and I build it, I can position myself for success once I graduate. But most students are not thinking that, let alone thinking about the power of networking. You know, they're just going through the motions. They're just going to school. They're just, you know, trying to get their degree, which is great. But you're not involved. You're not working on what I like to call the skills that you have to learn outside of the classroom that are just as important. Mm. And so these are things that I think freshmen and students need to be aware of that can position them for success. It's those intentional things that make a huge difference and a huge impact. Mm. That's so powerful for you to say, my goodness. And it's interesting you brought up Howard because the only reason I went is because I wanted to know who was of excellence. I was looking at people like Debbie Allen, you know what I mean? I was like, where'd she go to school? And that was like my only reference point. Right. (laughs) And went there and wow, excellence is what I walked out of there with. And the truth be told, and to really be honest, sometimes students don't have the money. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the money, community college is not a bad route. And I I do want to stress that for students that may not have the money. I don't want the debt, you know, because it's a lot of money to go to a Harvard or HBC, certain HBCUs. I mean, you're paying thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars and students may not want to have that debt. And so I do want to suggest that it's not a bad thing to go to community college so you can save your money and get, you know, get the things that need to get done. Because, again, the skill sets that I'm sharing with you can actually work anywhere. You can build your database at a community college because you have LinkedIn right now where you have tons of connections all over the world. It's just a matter of, are you being taught? You have professional organizations that you can join as a freshman. So there's so much opportunity. And so if you want to save your money, I would encourage you to go to community college, you know, if that's the route to go. And then from there, you can go to a university. I have a student from Circle of Change, our conference. He started a community college, was a phenomenal leader, went on to UCLA, was one of Forbes' top under 30 years of age, graduated. He is now at Harvard Law School. And so it came from community college route. So I share that because 
in certain instances, people have responsibilities. And I think it's important for them to understand that, you know, you can go that route and still be just as successful. That's good. That's good to say. Yes, because a lot of students are definitely considering it. Now, when I look at your leadership, like you said, discover leadership from within, I believe there's a spiritual component to that. And then I also noticed that you do as well. You you also speak on spiritual wellness. Can you tell us a little bit about how you incorporate spiritual wellness in leadership? Yeah, I talk about spiritual practices. Okay. So there's a lot of different things I can talk about. I actually think it's one of the greatest things to deal with in the times that we live in. Yeah. Um, so one spiritual practice is your breathing, how you breathe. Another one is affirmations, where you sit there and you speak positive words over yourself. You know, you are what you say. You are what you think. Another one that I like to use is mindfulness, you know, meditation, prayer, listening to positive music. Another one is setting the right environment. You know, I was reading a book called Atomic Habits. And one of the things that he said that I've always knew, but it was just more of an affirmation. He talked about how your environment can dictate your success. Mm -hmm. And he used the analogy of, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, if you have, you know, cookies and cakes and all that kind of stuff, that's probably not the best for you around you. When you get up in a late night, that's going to affect your habits. But if you set the environment where all you have is healthy food around you, it's probably going to be more easier. So your environment can also play a part of that, which I think is spiritual as well. Another thing is I I use the word intuition, being aware of self and knowing how to hear what I call that still small voice on the inside. That's really powerful. That right there can really change the game. Understanding spiritual principles, fasting, that's another one that can be really instrumental as well. But really understanding spiritual principles as well. Their generosity, the power of generosity and how, you know, when you give, it actually can be a source of strength and actually get you out of a tough time. Another one is being grateful. You know, it's impossible to stay in a bad state if you're giving thanks every single day. So there's a ton of spiritual principles that can be incorporated. Purpose is spiritual. That's another one you know, understanding your purpose. And so there's a lot of spiritual principles that I think sometimes people try to say, you know, there's a lot of things people try to avoid, but in reality, especially now, I don't know how students can survive without spirituality. I just, I just really don't. There's certain things. I mean, again, I agree with therapists and I agree with, if you have depression to go see a psychiatrist or to get, you know, pills, whatever, you know, I'm not, I'm not against that by any means of nation. It's all helps. But at the end of the day, there's just certain things you need prayer. What's fascinating to me, you know, I think it'll be fascinating to you, is I had a guy by the name of Dr. Rob Carpenter at our Circle of Change conference. And he said that suicides are up amongst those 18 years and under. And he said the trauma, I think he said 60% of young people are dealing with trauma. And what he said that was fascinating, he said most of your therapists have not been trained how to deal with trauma. Mm. And I don't, you, you may know more about that. That's not my expertise, but that's one of the things you said, which really was an eye opener because what it told me is there's a lot of people dealing with this kind of these challenges that they don't have understanding how to deal with. And even if you go to a therapist, sometimes the therapist can't even solve the problem, let alone, I don't know with counselor. I mean, they can't solve the problem. And I think there's certain times where the integration of God and other things can make a huge difference. Again, and I want to stress, I'm not saying don't go get help. I'm not saying not to go to a therapist. They're all parts. It's a multifaceted wellness approach. So we have different things working together to make us better. And again, I'm going to be controversial again. It's okay. I don't don't feel bad about it. COVID-19, you know, it's it's, it's more than a vaccination. You got to make sure you have your immune system right. You got to make sure you're eating right. You got to make sure you're doing the right things. Again, I'm not 
either or. I'm just saying we have to have a multifaceted approach. So many times we're looking for one fix and it's going to fix everything when some of this stuff is layers and it's multifaceted in order to deal with it. And so I would just encourage, you know, students to think the same when it comes to college. Think about all the different areas in your life that you need to take care of that can help you to be more effective. And so I think that spiritual wellness is just one of them. There's definitely other things as well. My God, you are dropping gems. (laughs) Okay. You are so right. It is more than a vaccination. We have to think about wellness overall. And then the fact that you as a leader and a leadership consultant emphasize spiritual wellness and you're not necessarily incorporating religion, that's important too. You know what I mean? You know, people need to identify those that don't associate with God or recognize God. There's a way to connect with, like you said, that still small voice. It's it's all the same, but if you call it that still small voice, people can connect. So I'm glad you you phrased it that way. And people have a choice. You don't have to receive it. <laughs> you, know, that's right. you don't it's have there. to it. You don't believe it, and don't believe it. It's just, I mean, I have no I'm not gonna tell you what to believe. That's your personal experience. I'm just telling you my life. And my experience, you know, and, and that's just what I'm here to share. We all have the right to share that. Even so, it doesn't believe in God. You can share with your thoughts. That's fine. I don't I don't mind that. You know, you make the decision whether or not you want to incorporate it or not. But I just know what works for me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a popular verse and I think I'm just going to share it. So I think it's good in the Bible, by the way. It says, do not be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. To me, that's a prescription to anxiety. When I'm in an anxious format, he says, do not be anxious, but in all things through prayer and thanksgiving. So I got to start giving thanks. I got to pray. I got I to be grateful. That'll help me to deal with anxiety. Again, you know, you may have to go see a medical physician. So I don't, you know, it can get deeper than that, but I'm just saying from more of a, a surface level, again, just some things that can help you. There's so much more because when it gets to the, to the medical, to the science, that's that's not my my expertise. That my mother could probably talk more about that as a psychologist. But I still think these are simple things that we can try and we can do to try to help us become better. Mm-hmm. You're so right. There are steps to get to the therapy phase. <laughs> you know, there are stages. So I'm glad you're laying it out. Now you are with us as a Phi Beta Sigma. Yeah, so glad to have you. And we are honoring our sororities and fraternities. I do the Divine Nine series every year, and we're glad to have you. It's our second time. And you talked earlier about, you know, the college is where the network is. So who or what inspired you to join your particular fraternity? Well, I actually joined the graduate chapter after I graduated. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, but I was really, I was friends with all the Divine Nine organizations and I was just so busy, to be honest with you. I was in school. I was doing TV shows. I was doing ministry. I was doing internships. I was very, 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 very busy. But once I graduated, my best friend was a part of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. And I just saw the good work that was being done, the good work in the community, the brotherhood, the support, my brother's keeper. And so when I saw that and I was talking on the college circuit, I was like, and they asked me, I was like, yeah, I'll definitely join and go through my graduate process, which is a little different. But I went through that process and really was one of the greatest decisions I've ever made. I would encourage students to do it. I think that that unity, that brotherhood, sisterhood, I think that goes a very, very long ways. The lessons that you learn when it's done right, because that's a whole other conversation. But when it's done right, it's huge. You know, I often say, and I, I don't know what you are, but I often say, you know, when I, a lot of times for me, when I see women in power, they seem to always be deltas. Mm. And so every time I see a delta in power, I'm like, I don't know what they teach you, 
But I feel like every time I meet a Delta, they're in a powerful position. It just blows my mind. And not to say, you know, all the other ones are absolutely incredible as well, but it's just amazing to me in the consciousness and the help to the Black community. I mean, there's just so much within our divine nine that's so powerful and wish I would have done when I was undergraduate. Honestly, I was just so busy and so much going on. Yeah. But um, yes, it's very impactful. I would encourage, I would definitely encourage students to get involved. And again, it's what it's what they put into it as well. I can't stress that enough. Now look, you know Tish is gonna get you, aka. My mother is an aka legacy. And I thought about it as well, but you know, like you said, you gotta be in the right situation. And and it, it was good to hear you say that it was a best friend because normally that's the way it should be, you know, where you really feel that camaraderie with brotherhood. You should lean that way. So that's good to hear. So now thinking of final words, encouraging words, like we said, for, you know, that young person that's thinking about joining a Greek organization, your motivation was because of brotherhood and also networking, or what are some other considerations for that young person that's really thinking about it? Because we're coming up on the spring semester and, you know, shoulders are going to be tapped. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think number one, do your research Mm -hmm. and really do research on the organization. And really understand not just the, you know, the step show, the jackets, all the stuff that we see, but really do your research on what it means to be a member of a Divine Nine organization. Really understand, you know, the service to the community. Like, you know, I'm part of a graduate chapter. I hear Rose Sigma chapter. And I was the first graduate chapter. I started that Alpha chapter in Los Angeles and I transferred since I'm more so in Florida. And I was in the meeting and I was just sitting there and just amazed at the impact that they're making. I mean, to hear brothers that are, you know, in their 50s and 60s still giving back to the community, still helping each other. I mean, earlier this year, this guy gave away a BMW to someone that was in need. And to see that that service and that help is just so powerful that it goes beyond, you know, the collegiate experience. So I think that's the more do your research, understand the service, understand the brotherhood. You know, wherever you go, when a brother sees you, they're going to welcome you. There's just this automatic connection. The best way I could say it is with the language, you know, for when my wife is Colombian. And so here in Miami, when they speak the same language, there's an instant connection. It's, it's, it's the most amazing thing. The same is true. When you're a Sigma, there's an instant connection. It's just an instant connection for the rest of your life. And then even just seeing the example and the models of leadership, you know, not just in the founders, but also the men that have, and the women that have came through these organizations that have done incredible things. And so I would just say, number one, do your research, find out which one works best for you. And then number two, remember, it's not just what you can get, but what you can give. So what value are you going to bring to the organization and the mission of the organization to make it better? I can't stress that enough. The mission of the organization, because what you put in is what you're going to get out. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that when you join and when you give in, it's not just a collegiate experience. It's for the rest of your life that you have this organization that you're going to do everything you can. And one of the things I love about the graduate chapter, because I'm a busy person, I can't go to all the meetings, but you can do things. So, for instance, a brother today, you know, had a bad situation with his house and we just started donating money to him so I can give money. I just did a toy drive. These brothers just gave me money to give toys to kids. So, Although we're not seeing each other, there's things that we're doing to serve the community. And at the end of the day, the Divine Night is a service organization. It's there to serve the community. And there's a lot of work to be done. And so I would just say, make sure you also have a a heart of service and really have a set of reasons why it matters beyond the hoopla. Now, the parties are great. The stepping is great. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. All that is wonderful. I'm not not against that at 
oh, that is amazing. It's incredible. But again, that's not the real reason. The real reason is service and impacting our communities. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Wow. This has been a privilege. My yeah. goodness. Thank you so much. Now, for that listener that might want to check you out online, can they reach you on IG or LinkedIn? What would you prefer they go to, to learn more yeah, about you? Your IG, Dr. Joshua Fredenberg, also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and on YouTube. So yeah, wherever to connect, absolutely. Excellent. And continued success with One Nation. That's the powerful thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure and I wish you much success in the new year. Yes. You know, more and more and more to come. And I hope you touch and impact more lives. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. This is great. It's been awesome. Great talking. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Be mindful of your pursuits and remember to shape your process. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our upcoming Be Bold, Be Brave, Be You mini course, join our mailing list at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time, be well.